Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. Not just a tremendous Monday to you, but it is the final week of the jungle year. What's cracking? Welcome to the program. We've got a great show for you today. Let's get right at it. Telephone number is toll free. Thank you, Alvy. You've got the year in review coming up on Friday. So in reality, we're down to our last four regular shows of the year. Then we end the week with our year in review. So we've got a lot to get done. Let me start you off. Telephone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. If you want to hit me up on the X, go ahead and do that. I would encourage it always at Jim Rome. And you know you can email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Coming up at 940, like we do on Mondays generally, I find somebody to help me recap the weekend in the NFL. Frank Schwab joins me at 940. 1040, M-N-F equals B-H-B, the big head. James Kelly had himself a weekend. He got paid. James Kelly had a huge weekend. He joins me, and if you did what he told you to do, you also had a big weekend, and you got paid. He and I break down tonight's game coming up at 1040. Top of our number three, former Charger and Buffalo Bill, Sean Merriman. So those are the three that we're looking at. We've got an ATP on a Monday and lots to get done. Changing up the XR4TI. I don't see Savage, but I do see Cindy in the back row. She has her own theme song. It's that kind of week, you know? All right, let's get started first. What's that for? one 800 I know what that is. That's the smoke sound from I Dream of Genie," And a lot of you clones think that sounds like Chris Forrester. I get it. Is that how it is? Is that how it's going to be? Anyway, what's popping? Why don't we start first with a question? If there's been one question that has hung over the NFL season since week number one, it is this. Who and what are the Buffalo Bills? Mafia, I would ask you to help me because I'm not sure I've got any idea either. Who and what are the Buffalo Bills? I mean, like y'all were charging up the hill looking for Sean McDermott's head on a stick. Like 10 seconds ago. Funny how a couple of wins over the Chiefs and the Cowboys can change that entire vibe. And turn it from doom and gloom back to pure confusion. Doom and gloom back to pure confusion. Seriously. Who and what the hell are these guys? Are they once again a Super Bowl contender? Or are they going to miss the playoffs altogether and fire their head coach? Have we not seen their best yet this season? Or did we just see it yesterday? And is there more still there? And they are incredibly somehow peaking at the right time, right? I think. Aren't they? You don't know if these guys. Seriously, Mafia. Who the hell and what the hell are these guys? Are they one of the ones to beat? Or are they one of the ones who are going to be inevitably left on the outside looking in? And how incredible is it to see them put that beating on the Cowboys, fraudulent as the Cowboys ever were, on a day when Josh Allen completed only seven passes. As always, make that make sense because I can't. Well, actually, I can. It's your ass 
run defense, Cowboy fans. But most of all, Mafia, I do want to hear from you. Is your team back on track? Are you once again a threat to win it all? Or do you still not trust them? I get that everything changes week to week in this league and that anything can happen, but no one has been a bigger example of that than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're wild. Again, are they one of the ones to beat or are they on the outside looking in? As for Dallas, no confusion there. Same as they ever were. They hammer Philly, who clearly is not what they were. We'll get a better idea tonight. But they're not what they were. And then all of a sudden, Dallas starts acting like they're the ones. You know, all this nonsense about this is their year. You know, the same sort of bullcrap we hear out of Dallas every single year, only to see that when it matters most, they show up and they take an enormous dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. You ask me. That beatdown they laid on Philly never even happened. Never even happened. Or at least I've already forgotten that it happened after seeing them get smoked yesterday and absolutely manhandled physically. Buffalo was channeling its inner Bob in L.A. and looking to run their ass down. Run his ass down. And that's exactly what they did. They ran their ass down. Run his ass down. They ran their ass down, and that once-respected and vaunted Cowboys defense just got run the hell over. And I mean literally, run the hell over. James Cook went off for 179. Buffalo ran for a total of 266. And again, no need to worry about Josh Allen trying to do too much. Dude really didn't have to do a damn thing, except turn and hand it to Cook. I can't stress this enough. The guy completed seven passes, and they dominated. He completed only seven passes and was, like, apologetic and sounded like he felt guilty about the entire thing after the game. I don't think I threw the ball that many times, which, again, I don't just get it done. Let's just find a way to win and, um, you know, felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. You know how it is in school, right? How it is in school with class projects and individually, you get grades. And then you know how it is in the jungle, right? I always say, give me an A or give me an F. Don't waste my time with a C. Well, if the Bills group project got an A, the Cowboys group project got an F-. minus. So now the Cowboys have to go to summer school based on that group project yesterday, take typing or something lame like that. Hey, Cowboys. You're going to have to make up your minds. Which is it? Do you suck against good teams or do you suck on the road? Or is it both? Because yesterday it was both. Considering Dallas was never even in that game. And if they want, they can go all Millie Vanilli with it and blame it on the rain. They could. But that would be even lamer than the actual no-show itself. Actually, you want to blame someone or something? Start with the Bills. They punched you in the face. You want to blame someone or something else? Look in the damn mirror. Straight bullied on the road. Again. But as always, do not take my word for it. Because I know a lot of you don't trust me or believe me. So I'll find you an even better source. Don't take my word for it. Take it from one of the victims of that mug job. Mr. Spicy Challenge himself, 
my dude, Micah Parsons. Yeah, honestly, it's just unacceptable at this point. Uh, it's no excuse for it. Uh, it's mind-boggling. I don't understand it, why we're not playing well and why we're not coming together on the road. Um, it's something that we need to look at and get better because we got to go on the road next week. Respectfully, big dude. The Cowboys being a crappy big game team that does not travel well is not mind-boggling to me at all. That's just who y'all are. That's who you are. That's who you've been. That's what you do. This is nothing new. In fact, this is the way it's been for years with this crew. I will tell you what is mind-boggling. What's mind-boggling is how people keep taking the bait and buying the hype with this team, even though we've watched the same exact Cowboys movie play out over and over and over again. It's like streaming the same exact movie and watching it 100 times and then expecting it to end differently the 101st time you give it a spin. This is not mind-boggling at all. The only thing that's mind-boggling is that somebody thinks it's mind-boggling. And then so much for Dak Prescott and that MVP candidacy, by the way. I'm not saying that he can't win. I'm saying it took a big hit yesterday. I'm not saying that I've got a clear-cut leader who's going to win this thing and run away with it. I'm saying that Dak went whack and took a step backwards. As for who it will be, again, I mean, again, this league, man, this league, it does change week to week. So who is the one to beat right now as it relates to the MVP award? Vegas generally knows. Vegas is pointing to Brock Purdy, which makes sense, right? He is the quarterback of the best team in the NFL. But if you ask Brock, Brock thinks that he's not even the most valuable player on his own team. I mean, typical Brock. Don't talk about me. Don't look at me. Brock, though, says it isn't me. It's actually Christian McCaffrey. Dude, I think I think Christian should be MVP. I think I, I really do believe that. You know, he does everything um, for us, runs the ball well, can catch the ball. He does everything. And so in my eyes, that's an MVP. Dude. I love the way he starts that, dude. Dude, I th- dude, it's dude. T-Mac. I think, dude. Dude, I think, dude. You're not giving yourself enough credit. I'm not saying that you have to win the award. I'm saying, dude, take some credit. Dude, you deserve more credit. Dude, dude. you can play. Dude, dude. There really is no wrong answer here. Dude, I think. Dude, there's no wrong answer here. At least between those two dudes, dude. Dude, I think. Dude is leading the league in passer rating and touchdowns and yards per attempt. But other dude is leading the NFL in rushing by over 300 yards. So the answer right now is between dude and dude. Regardless of who the MVP is, regardless of who the Niners MVP is, it's pretty clear it is the Niners and everybody else in the NFC. Yes, there are other dangerous teams in the NFC, but there's nobody in the Niners class. Not now. Now, flipping over to the AFC, I would say the same thing about the Ravens. If case you're joining us like this is what's known as the NFL whip around. I hammer as much as I possibly can in the open. You know, bam, bam, bam. Let's go. Thank you, Avi. Let's go to the AFC. I would say the same thing about the Ravens as it relates to them. It's them and then everybody else. And if it weren't for that horrific Keaton Mitchell injury, and no, I am no doctor, but I don't think I need to be to know that your two knees are not supposed to be pointed in opposite directions. 
I understand the risks involved. I get that everybody who plays that game knows exactly what they signed up for. But man, do I feel for that dude. Like, my knee hurts. What happened to his knee would be like me putting one of my shoes on backwards and then walking out the door with one shoe pointing that way and one shoe pointing this way, except it wouldn't hurt, and I could just flip it around. Either way, hate to see it. Hate to see it. And now that I have seen it, I can't unsee it. Now, had I not seen that, I would have said things could not be going any better for the Ravens than they are right now. Things are going almost as well for the Ravens as they're going horribly for the Jags. I'm not sure how things can be going much better for the Ravens or much worse for the Jags. I mean, Duval! That was a brutal night. And that's no one-off either, right? That's not just one bad night. Every team in that league has one bad night. That's not what this is. Like, I can't even imagine the tenderoni tenderizing that must have gone down after that game. Tenderoni lives were ruined for sure last night. I mean, seriously, what the hell happened to this team? Three weeks ago, we're talking about how they actually control their own fate. Three weeks ago, we were talking about how they might be the AFC number one seed. Now they're fighting for their lives in the AFC South. Now they're tied with two teams that are playing much better football right now in the Colts and Texans. It's somehow conceivable that the Jags could go from being the team to beat for the number one seed to actually missing the playoffs altogether. Especially since Trevor Lawrence came away from that game in the protocol. The concussion protocol. I bet all of the Jags fandom right now feels concussed. Especially after the last three weeks. Jags fan, he's got whiplash. Jags fan is dizzy. Jags fan is probably feeling all the effects of a major hangover. In fact, you know what they ought to do? They ought to construct the world's biggest blue tent. And have every Jags fan walk in. Because right about now, I bet they all feel like they're in concussion protocol. Every last one of them. In other words, every Jags fan knows exactly what it feels like to be a ruined and destroyed Tenderoni right about now. Hey, Tenderoni, find me. Section 403, row M, C20. Bring a Bible and a seatbelt. I'm out. What up, Queen? Trevor Lawrence was not... The only noteworthy QB. Segway. Segway. He was not the only noteworthy QB to come away yesterday with a smashed up dome because the Coog Hunter, Zach Wilson, also walked away from that utter beatdown in Miami with a head injury. I mean, I think. I mean, it looked like it. Then again, in typical Jets fashion, who knows, right? In typical Jets fashion, even the concussion has become a controversy. Like everything else the Coog Hunter ever does. I mean, essentially, like everything else the Jets do. Initially, they reported as just dehydration. You can see how they can get those two things confused, right? He's just dehydrated. No, he's concussed. Oh. Oh, okay. So, at first, it's dehydration. Then, supposedly... A head injury, but not a concussion. Then finally, the Coog was ruled out with, you guessed it, a concussion. 
so he was benched again or concussed. Depending on who you ask or who or what you believe, right? Jets fan slash conspiracy theorist would tell you that the Coug Hunter faked a concussion. That's a lot, man. Even for Jets fan to accuse a guy of faking a concussion. How's that work? They walk in the blue tent. Hey, Coug Hunter, look at me. What day is it? Oh, uh, Wednesday? What year is it? 1844? Who do you play for? The Dodgers? All right, concussion, he's out. What, he faked a concussion? I don't know. That They would have you believe that. Jets fan slash conspiracy theorists. And why? Because, well, he'd gone on record, allegedly, as saying that he did not want to return to action because he was afraid of getting hurt. Remember that story from the the athletic. Thing is, say what you want about the Coug Hunter, but on that point, he was not wrong. If he had concerns that he might get hurt, if he went back out there, he was dead on. He was back out there yesterday, and then he got hurt. Allegedly? I mean, the guy got hurt. He was bad yesterday. He was so bad yesterday. And so beat up yesterday that that amazing game he had last week almost never happened, right? Remember that whole thing about him flipping his mindset? Remember that thing last week? He flipped his mindset. He went out there thinking and playing like, man, I don't give a damn. I'm just going to let it all hang out. I'm going to let it rip. What's it matter? Then he has the best game of his career. And then everybody's talking about, man, dude just saved his career. He had the best game of his career and he just saved his career. After yesterday, again, I'm not even sure that happened. Picks or it didn't happen because I've already forgotten. But I'm not fixated on, this is important now, I am not fixated on nor putting all of this on the Coug Hunter. Believe it or not, it's not all his fault. For one, he's not the one who drafted him second overall. He didn't draft himself second overall. Number two, it's not like anybody is doing anything to coach this guy up or really anything at all to help this guy out, which brings me to the head coach, Bob Sala, the one with a warehouse of receipts and probably a few hundred more shoe boxes full after yesterday. But that's the thing, right? Taking receipts. Yeah, he's got lots of receipts. My man's got millions of receipts, but no answers. I don't know what he's going to do with all of those receipts if he gets his ass fired. But at least he'll have some mementos, mementos to remember his 16 and 32 record with. And all those times, everybody else was right about his team. You know, all that gum bumping about receipts, 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 receipts. All those receipts, but seemingly no answers because Mike McDaniel made this dude look terrible yesterday. And you don't even have to take it from me, as always. Don't take it from me. I always try to find you a better source than me. Jet Player was happy to lay it all out after the game and not just one. It seems like Jet Player agrees that the coaching is not exactly optimal. It seems like Jet Player would really rather be playing for Mike McD than Robert Receipts. As an example, Garrett Wilson, stud. 
Garrett Wilson star. Garrett Wilson wondering, how is it that Miami didn't even have Tyreek Hill and it still didn't matter? And how is it that Miami just looked to get Jalen Waddle involved and did so, and it was the easiest thing ever? Wilson wants to know why Waddle can get wide us open, but he himself cannot. Easier to, to scheme, you know, Reek or, you know, and then Reek, Reek go down, they put Waddle in there, and he go for 150, and that's, you know, that's the ball that I grew up loving. Um, but, you know, that's not how it's going right now. I got to figure it out, be better, um, run better routes. Um, be better in the meeting room to figure out how I can be involved early and often and how we can win games. So my man makes a pretty good point, right? The Dolphins didn't, they just cooked with Waddle, even without the Cheetah. And credit to Tua, who had a monster game against a great defense, allegedly. When everybody was saying this guy couldn't do jack, everybody was saying he couldn't do exactly what he just did. Without Tyreek Hill. So credit to Tua. Credit to the coaching staff. But no credit to the Jets coaching staff. Because as bad as they look. As bad as those Garrett Wilson comments were. These from Alan Lazard are even worse. You hit the early adverse. Um, I would say not very well. Yeah. Why is that? Why is what? That you didn't respond well. Um, I think they just played a better game. You know, they out schemed us, out efforted us. Um, they had a, they played a better football game than we did today. So um, it's just, just tough. Hey Bob, there's another receipt for you, except it came from one of your own guys. Do you keep a box of separate receipts when your own players? say things that are critical about you, directly or indirectly? That's not good for you, Bob. Out-schemed and out-efforted. Who does that point back to? And now out of the playoffs, officially, for the 13th consecutive year, which means the longest active playoff drought in the four major sports, rolls on. And it means all that Aaron Rodgers comeback talk was a total waste of everybody's time. As was all that Jets preseason hype. As were all those receipts that Robert collected over the past two years. All that talk, all that hype, all those receipts, but the same old Jets. I don't know. Maybe Rob should take a play out of Sean McDermott's playbook. Rally up the team with a reference to some horrific, tragic moment in U.S. history. Rob just needs to find a way to tie the attack on Pearl Harbor in with building team camaraderie. 13-year playoff drought? Might as well be 30. Help them out, Kamish. Roger should just expand the playoffs to another team every single year until New York makes it in. Then when it gets really desperate and it doesn't work, just do what Ears did and make the playoff play-in games to get into the playoffs. I mean, help them out, Kamish. Do the right thing. That's like a really long whip around, and that's barely half of what I have to talk about. I could have done a legitimate take on every single team in the league this year or every single team in the league right now based on this weekend alone. 1-800-636-8686. 
Let's see what we got here. A little bit of reaction before I go to break. At Cook 406 Romy, no one is buying the Cowboy hype except for the Cowboy honks. Every year is their year until it's not. If you lived in Texas like I do, you see this every freaking year. And no one is happier than me when they take their annual big dump in their pants. Dump in your pants. At B Blaine 69. Uh-oh. Here we go, Rome. In one game, Dak as MVP gone. Fat Mac. Back to his coaching ways and lost control of the division. The Cowboys stink, stank, stunk. Merry Christmas to you and the fam and crew. Hashtag the Grinch. And let me ask you something, Buck. Is there anything that I said about that team in that open that's incorrect or unfair or wrong? They got their heads kicked in. They got punched in the face. They were acting like they were all that, and they were the ones because they beat Philadelphia. However, Buck, Buck, what are the criticisms about Dallas? Well, there's a ton, but what are the biggest ones? They show up small in big games, and they can't play on the road in big games. And they went to Buffalo, and they got absolutely hammered manhandled, jacked up, outclassed, outcoached, and they were never in it. So what's unfair about that? Van Sizzle, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. Signed, Alvy is going abstinent. Andy from Denver wore AC Green. Why you got to do that? The part about AC Green, I mean, not about Alvy. Hey, Rome. Once McDermott... Got that dork, Ken Dorsey, the hell out of here. The season improved remarkably. Joe Brady is letting Josh be Josh and is using James Cook like the all-round threat he is. Thanks for nothing, Ken. Regards, Scott and Crabchester. That's one way to explain it. Better get out right now. In fact, to be fair, I probably should have got out 10 minutes ago. Just was feeling it, you know? Do you have a car problem but don't know where to go? Maybe you're miles away from home when your car breaks down. Let O'Reilly Auto Parts help. With O'Reilly Auto Parts Shop Referral Program, take the guesswork out of finding a great shop wherever you are. Call an O'Reilly location near you or visit O'ReillyAuto.com and click Find a Repair Shop and find a reputable repair facility or service center nearby for your repairs. Get the parts and service you need fast. From the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So a short segment here. I want to make sure that I stay on the clock for my next guest. Adam Schefter on the X. Quote, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin announced that Mason Rudolph will take over as the team's starting quarterback versus the Bengals. Why? Yeah, I don't think that Mitch Trubisky saved his career. In fact, quite the opposite. Mr. Rome, as a Northeasterner, it pains me to say that the Bills are still a very real threat to win it all. As long as all is a wild card game, 
which they will likely win, only to follow it up with a playoff collapse again. Best, Will and Erie. Or Joe Flacco winning comeback player of the year and getting me paid. You see, I don't know. The Bills do look dangerous as hell. But then at times they've looked like a 500 football team. I will. I'm going Who are to. they? Flacco threw some picks, made some plays when it mattered, brought them back from a 10-point deficit. Great story. One more. At Woo Pig Foul. Look it. Look it. CMC. He's... Dude, Dodonis. Look at he's look dude Dodonis. He looks like a Dodonis. He Sign looks Brock. Like, he looks beautiful. He looks dude, I in think, shape. Dude, I think. Dude, 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 Dodonis. Look at, look at. He looks like a Dodonis. Dude, I when think, we come back, he looks like, he looks like dude Dodonis. Frank Schwab joins me when we come back. First up, sports update. Here it is. Here's Marco Belletti. And from Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Rolling through our number one. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Remember, it is our last week of the year, or at least my last week of the year here, so you want to jump up in here. As promised, we are joined right now by an NFL and sports betting writer for Yahoo Sports. He is also co-host of the Sunday Night Blitz podcast, of course, I'm talking about a proud Badger as well. It is Frank Schwab. He joins me via Zoom. Frank, thanks for making time. Always good to have you on. What's going on? Love it, Jim. Happy holidays to you and everybody out there. And boy, this NFL season just keeps getting crazier, doesn't it? My man, happy holidays. It does. It does. In fact, I'm glad you started like that because I hate Frank. I hate cliches because they're lame and they're stale. But the NFL being a week-to-week league has never been more true than it is right now, especially as it applies to the Bills. What does their beatdown of Dallas tell you about Buffalo? And then where does it leave the Cowboys? Yeah, and I've been saying, Jim, for the last few weeks that the Bills are either going to miss the playoffs or make the Super Bowl. And now it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, which means they're going to make the Super Bowl, I guess, if I'm right. What they did yesterday was so impressive in that Josh Allen wasn't even a big part of it, right? Like he, he threw 15 times. He was just kind of taking a back seat as the defensive running game took over. I thought that was huge for the Bills. And the reason why I've been so high on the Bills is, look, they lost a lot of close games. We know they have elite talent. They're a really, really good team. And I thought if they did make the playoffs, it's because they were peaking late. It's because they were really playing well. Look what's happened. Should have beat the Eagles in Philly. Did beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. And then beat down the Cowboys yesterday. This team is peaking at the right time. I don't care if they have to go on the road. And look, they can still hunt down the the Dolphins and win the AFC East. But I don't care if they have to go on the road. This is the kind of team... They could win big games on the road. They're battle-tested. Josh Allen's playing great. Offensive coordinator change was good for them. Everything about the Bills lines up for me. I really, really like them. And the Cowboys, look, the Cowboys are a really good team, but they have one big issue. They're great at home. They're not as good on the road. And last I looked, they're going to have to go on the, playoffs, on the road in the playoffs. They're not winning the NFC East anymore after losing yesterday. I thought yesterday exposed a lot of things about them. It's hard for me to get them to a Super Bowl having to win three straight road games considering they just haven't been that good on the road this year. No, nor can they stop the run either. Frank Schwab is joining us. And Frank, to right. the point about the Dolphins, let me ask you about Tua. I thought he made a statement yesterday by having a huge game without Tyreek Hill. I say that because Tua is frequently shortchanged because, well, Tyreek Hill and because he's got an elite play caller in Mike McDaniel. So plenty would have you believe that they win in spite of him and not because of him. Where do you personally come out on Tua? Do you think he's an elite quarterback or how would you characterize him? See, Jim, that's a big thing. 
He's coming up on the last year of his rookie deal, right? The Dolphins are going to have to make this decision. I can sit here and talk to you. Doesn't matter. I'm not the one putting up $50 million a year, right? But I think the Dolphins learned something yesterday about their quarterback. You know, I, I'm sure they had questions, too. How good is Tua without Tyreek? We saw him against the Titans. That offense struggled. Well, you know, their game plan went out the window, too, and Tyreek went out early in the game. This week, they were able to say, okay, we're probably not going to have Tyreek. Let's build a game plan. Otherwise, Tua executed it perfectly against a really, really good defense. I know the Jets stink as a team, but their defense is still really good. And Tua, without Tyreek Hill, absolutely torched him. I thought it was a huge statement for him to say, yeah, I am that elite guy. I am that top 10 guy. You can pay me. Go ahead. Because you don't have to worry if Tyreek Hill starts slowing down that I'm not going to be the same quarterback. I thought that was an excellent game for Tua. And I don't think there's a ton of haters out there still on Tua. But some people still question him. He shut a lot of those people up yesterday by having the game he did. I mean, he completes his first 13 passes. Game's over by halftime. Really, really big statement by Tua without his superstar receiver. Agreed. I trust him. Frank Schwab is joining us. So, Frank, you talk about Buffalo. And I think you're right. I mean, they could get hot. They can go on the road. They can make a Super Bowl run. Right now, the Ravens, though, took another big step towards locking up the AFC's top seed with the win over the Jags, which sets up a massive game between Baltimore and the Niners on Christmas night. As you look ahead to that, are there any areas where you would give the Ravens the edge over the Niners in what might be a Super Bowl preview? Look, the Ravens are a really, really good team. I I think that maybe we've been sleeping on them a while. We've been talking about the Niners for a long time as the best team in football. Well, the Ravens, I, I mean, the stat that's been out there about them, They've led every single game at the final two-minute warning, which is it just goes to show how good they are, how close they are to being undefeated at this point. They blew a couple late leads. That you know that happens competitive league, but I think the one thing that stands out, and this isn't Purdy hate, I, I promise, but they have that dude at quarterback that could just make five plays a game that nobody else can. We saw it last night that pass he made to Isaiah Likely. Who makes that play? It's Lamar Jackson, not many other guys. You almost view that game on Christmas is almost an MVP elimination game, right? Like uh, whoever wins that game is really going to look good in that MVP race. And you can make an argument for Lamar being the MVP because he means so much to that team. They lose Mark Andrews. Doesn't matter. They lose a couple of running backs. Doesn't matter. They still got Lamar and they do other things really, really well. Great coach, great pass defense, good depth at receiver. Isaiah likely has done a great job replacing Andrews. So I don't think the Ravens really take a back seat to the 49ers in many ways. They're right there with them. I think the 49ers are slightly better, but it also wouldn't shock me if the Ravens beat them on Christmas, go on and win a Super Bowl. They do have that kind of upside. Frank Schwab joining us. Frank, got to get your thoughts on the Steelers. For instance, we know that Steeler ownership likes to change coaches like, I don't know, every 30 years or so, but does it look to you like that Mike Tomlin might be losing this team? And maybe what if ownership doesn't tell him he's done? Could you see him possibly leaving on his own? Like, how do you view that situation overall? Yeah, it gets really, really interesting, Jim, because if you look, uh, let's be honest, if Mike Tomlin got fired, there's about a dozen teams that would be on the phone with him within a minute, right? I, I mean, he is a Hall of Fame level coach. I don't know if he's going to make the Hall of Fame. He has that kind of resume. And I can promise you that odds are Steelers' next coach is not going to be as good as Mike Tomlin, right? But at some point, maybe the message does get stale. Maybe this just isn't working right now and they do need a change to try something else. He always likes to say the standard is the standard. Well, the standard's not being met right now by Mike Tomlin. I, this team has taken some horrible losses lately. You lose the Cardinals and the Patriots back-to-back weeks. You're uncompetitive against a Colts team that was playing uh, basically a preseason lineup on offense. I mean, they had so many backups in there. There's no excuse for the Steelers. They're really slumping bad. I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great coach. But maybe it's to the point where it's best for both sides to get a fresh start. I don't know. These are very difficult decisions the Steelers are going to have to make because – 
they're just not right. They're just not there right now. Maybe it's time for a reset. I don't know. It, it's just scary to go into that world where maybe the next, maybe get the next Urban Meyer, Ben McAdoo, uh, Josh McDaniels. You know, I, there's so many failures at head coach. When you have a Hall of Fame guy, you don't want to let him go. But at the same time, that ownership has to be saying, this ain't the standard that Mike Tomlin preaches about. And you know, maybe we do have to consider what we do next. It wasn't even the standard when they were seven and four. But man, this thing went sideways fast. No. Frank, before yeah. you go, since you're based in Colorado and you've covered the Broncos for a long time, what do you make of Sean Payton lighting Russell Wilson up on the sideline, doing that beatdown by the Lions, and then refusing to discuss it with reporters after the game? And what's the reaction been like locally? Yeah, I think that's mostly just Sean being Sean. You know how he gets during games. He's a competitive dude, fiery dude. Look, there's going to be things that happen on the sideline. I've never tried to take too much out of that. Remember back early in the season, it was, oh, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown hate each other because they're arguing on the sideline. No, that's not it. It's just an emotional game. That's how I took it. Just two emotional guys, two competitors. I think his relationship is actually working pretty well. I Sean Payton has done a remarkable job after they fell to one and five, get his team back in the playoff mix. You look at their remaining schedule. And I, I think they could still make the playoffs. They could do that. Sometimes you just get upset. You get angry at the quarterback on the sideline. You have some words. It happens. I, I don't think there's been too much made of that. I think Russell's had a good year, a rebound year. I think he's shown he can play with Payton. Payton can work with Russell Wilson. So I just view that as an isolated incident, but let's see. Let's see if their season does go a little south to see how that relationship goes because everybody's been watching it this year. Overall, I think it's been good. I'm going to give them a pass for Saturday and that little uh, little encounter they had. Sure. So before you go, from a wagering standpoint, I'm curious, Frank. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but how are you approaching tonight's game between the Eagles and Seahawks, given the uncertainty for both teams at quarterback? You know, if, if sitting out on being on the sideline is not an option, how do you approach something like that? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, how you know who knows who's playing quarterback? We could get Drew Locke, we could get Marcus Mariota, we could get Hurts, we could get Smith. I, I'm just taking it as I think both quarterbacks are going to play, but I like the Seahawks because it's a desperate team. They're at home, and this Philly team, look, when you make a defensive coordinator change this late in the season to Matt Patricia, of all people, when you're 10-3, and three, it tells me there's something underlying there. The Eagles are a little, they're pushing, I don't want to say pushing a panic button necessarily, but there's a little more panic than we thought with the Eagles. I think the Seahawks team knows it has to win. Played Dallas really, really well. They got the kind of receivers to give, take advantage of a Eagles secondary hasn't been good. I kind of like the Seahawks as a home dog growing. I, I, I think they have a real shot to uh, maybe pull off the upset here. All right, so help me with this really quickly. I mentioned that you went to school in Madison, which I love. The Rome family is spending its first Christmas in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Typically, Frank, this time of year, I'm hunting oh. sun. What can I expect? How should I approach it? Cold, cold, dress warm, my man. That is who voluntarily goes to Wisconsin in yeah, right? Dece- late December. Oh, there's a reason I don't Not live me. there anymore, my friend. Uh, yeah. I, I love Wisconsin. Enjoy it. If, go to a Bucks game, though. If, 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 you know, find your way to Milwaukee, baby. Check out Giannis. That, Dude, that I'm not leaving the house. Come on now. Let's get real. I'm not leaving the house. Oh, no, no. You, you need a... You need a fire, crank that heat up. Oh, Wisconsin, this is a this is a bad decision, Jim. I don't know what no you're doing. No doubt, right? I, was I, I love you. I, was, I don't know why, Frank. I thought that you might tell me it's the best thing you could possibly do. But instead, you're only reaffirming what you know, I already know. You're from SoCal to Wisconsin. I, I know, dude. People from Wisconsin go to SoCal. You're going to you're gonna see them on the other way. I know. I hear you. I hear you. I got a house there that I don't want to waste. So I, I think you're right. I think we'll find out. Frank Schwab is an NFL and sports betting writer for Yahoo Sports. Also a good friend of the program. Always showing up like that. Frank, appreciate you very much. Thanks for doing that. Great job. I love, love it, Jim. Appreciate it. You too, Frank. Nice job. That's a pro. That's a real pro. 
And, you know, what do you want from your friends? I always say this. You want the people closest to you to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. What I wanted to hear was, oh, Jim, great decision, great idea. He's like, dude, what are you doing? That is a bad idea. You're in Southern California and you're going to Wisconsin? He goes, I love Wisconsin, but why do you think I left? What were you doing there? I think there's going to be a lot of that. What, what were you doing there? What are you doing there? I don't know. My man Woody apparently is setting it all up for me. Woody, I think, if he hasn't already, is going to cut a big hole in the ice so I can ice fish. Woody mistakenly believes that I will leave the house. Maybe for some snowmobiling to ice fish. Dude, if I'm not fishing in 80-degree weather... Why would I fish in eight-degree weather? I'm led to believe Woody's going to make it as easy as possible, that the hole is going to be cut not far from where our dock is during the summer. Hey, clones, you've seen all my picks. You've seen me chronicle the summertime. You'll see what it looks like in Eagle River in the winter. I'll be there next week. Stay tuned. Hour number two is wide open. Your phone calls are next.